The time is so important because you've just got to be honest with yourself, able to look at yourself and go like, how bad do I want this? Am I willing to put in, you know, a couple extra hours here, a couple hours on the weekend, maybe a couple hours after I come home from a job that I'm sick of, but like, it's so good to veg out to Netflix, but am I going to put in the time to actually, you know, poking around and start learning more about this freelancing thing, start figuring out where I might be able to find some clients, start figuring out what skills I might have to offer. It's up to you. Welcome to the Live, Work, Travel podcast. I'm your host, Michonne Thomas, a former middle school teacher who quit at 30 to become a six-figure freelancer and digital nomad instead. You're in the right place if you're ready to learn how freelancing can help you to work from anywhere, make great money, and live a life that you design. I'm sharing everything I've learned to get to where I am today in order to support you on your journey because this lifestyle is simply too good not to share. For anyone who is out there thinking about getting into freelancing, but you think you don't have the equipment, the necessities that it takes to get started, I wanted to make this episode for you. In it, we're talking about the five things that you need to get started with freelancing. And for the most part, you will probably already have them. The reason I want to talk about this is because I delayed, 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 delayed getting started because I always just thought I needed something else. You know, I couldn't get started until this happened, until the other happened, until I researched more, learned more, read more, all this stuff. But no, all I really needed to do was jump in and actually go, which is crazy looking back now because it really was that simple. From the time that I got laid off from my job until the time I got my first client was about under 35 days. And to be honest, I wasted a lot of those 35 days freaking out and applying for real jobs, you know, nine to five jobs in a panic when I thought like, oh my God, I can't make this freelancing thing work. Okay, what did I actually need? So first up, we're going to combine the first two. You need a computer and an internet connection. So I am one of those people who I will get hung up on like, do I have the right thing? You know, like I'd love to maybe become a runner. You know, my brain will say, And it'll be like, well, not until I get like the right running shoes. So I'll conveniently wait years because I don't know, can't make a decision on the right running shoes. When if I just got my ass up off the couch and ran in whatever shoes I had, I'd be that much further ahead two years later. Okay. So I can see the tendency to delay thinking I don't have a nice enough computer. You know, I need something. You need just a basic computer. It can be a Mac. It can be a PC. The important thing is that you just use what you've got. I will say, if your computer is lagging and just like really slow, you get, what are they, like the spinny wheel of death all the time, you may need to upgrade into something that works, you know, because especially when you're starting out as a freelancer, it's very common to charge on an hourly basis versus a project basis. And a client's not going to want something taking ages and ages and ages because your computer's slow. You know, if I'm the client and I'm hiring you to do a thing that can be done in reasonably, let's say five hours, but it takes 10 hours because your computer is slow. mm, That's really not something I want to like have to pay for. Right. Why am I on the hook for that? So get a fast enough computer to be able to do what you need to do. That's it, really. For the most part, you're not going to need anything special, anything out of the ordinary, unless you were doing a lot of work around like video and audio, and then you may need to upgrade some things. But for the basics, just starting out your basic computer. Internet as well. You don't need super fast, super crazy anything unless you're working with video audio. But for the most part, just the basics. You know, if you can stream Netflix on it, you can freelance on it. The third thing you're going to need is a professional email address. 
So this can be super simple. I don't want you to run out and get a website. I don't want you to go out and get a domain name so that you can have a professional sounding, you know, like this is my company email. Like the one I use for the podcast, if you wanted to write me hello and say hi, ask me questions, anything like that, you can use hello at liveworktravel.com. The liveworktravel.com part of that email is because I have a website called liveworktravel.com and then the email comes with it. I don't mean like that. You don't have to get fancy in that sense. You can use a regular old Gmail, which saves you from having to go buy a domain and do all that kind of stuff. But just make sure that your Gmail sounds professional. So if your email address is whatever you used to use in high school, you know, and it just is ridiculously like, I don't know, teenage. I'm not judging. I'm not judging. I used to have one that was like, I don't know. It's probably too embarrassing to even get into. But, you know, if it's just like fluffybunny92 at yahoo.com, like, you know, you know what I'm talking about. That's not good enough. That's not going to work. Make a new one. Your name is a great way to start with something professional tacked on. If you're not thought about a business name yet, it's a great way to just like go out and like tack on extra things at the end of your name. Like, you know, I could be like Michonne Thomas Solutions or something or Michonne Thomas Global Solutions or like, I don't know, just like come up with something that sounds a little fancier than whatever. My name is unique enough that I didn't have to do anything besides my name. But if you're John Smith, you're going to want to tack something on to the end of that, you know, John Smith, something, something, but keep it professional. And the reason is like, you just can't take someone seriously as a client when they show up with a ridiculous email. You could have the greatest pitch in the world, but I'd be looking at the email going, is this a joke? Like, is this person for real? Like they just sent me like this amazing pitch, but it's from fluffybunny92 at yahoo.com. Like, ah, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm so confused. This is unprofessional. And no. The other thing that's great about creating a new account is that you just automatically from the beginning have your personal life, or your work life separated. Okay. So you're just starting out, but I want you to start thinking like a business owner. You don't want to have things all mixed in together. So just from the get go, separate email address, keep all of your client communication in that and you'll be good to go. The next thing you need is a way to take payments and it does not have to cost any money. I have been using the same provider for years. I use waveapps.com, W-A-V-E-A-P-P-S.com. And they have a large suite of tools that they provide, but one of them is invoicing and it, you can use it for free, connect it to your bank account, good to go. And here's why you need this. I always tell my freelancers, make it as easy as possible for the client to pay you. You know, like it seems like that would be common sense, but a lot of people will use PayPal still. And PayPal is a pain in the ass in my experience. I've been locked out of my PayPal account multiple times. PayPal just kind of decides to me like what it feels like that day. And if it's a shit day for me, then I'm just like not getting into it. I've literally been on their customer service and they just were like, yeah, your account's blocked, but like we can't tell you why. And we also can't tell you how to fix it. And basically you're shit out of luck. So I'm not a huge fan of PayPal. But even beyond that, PayPal is just not an easy way for me to pay as a client. So if someone sends me an invoice and all they have is their PayPal email on there. I just have to take so many steps as a client to pay them. And I know this doesn't sound like a lot, but always remember that you're, the people that you're working with, they're, the clients, the business owners, are busy people. Anything that you can do to reduce the friction that they have in their daily life, they will appreciate. So if someone sends me a PDF invoice with their PayPal up at the top, I've got to log into PayPal, argue with the, the robots to even let me into my account. Let's say I get in. And then I've got to input their email address 
And then I've got to send them the money and check which card I have on, you know, attached there and like whatever. It can be a hassle. So what I encourage people to do is just like try to get a one click solution. You want to make it easy for people to pay you. So what I like about Wave apps, and there's probably other ones out there as well, but I tend to be sort of a lazy type of person. If I find a solution that works, I will stick with it until it breaks or until someone, you know, like recommends me something better. So with Wave apps, you can create an invoice. You send it to your client and they can click right there from the email and pay you. They can even attach their card if they want to. They could even let you do recurring payments if you have like this long-term built-up trust with your client and they're like, yeah, just hit my card every every week, whatever, if you're on a retainer. And you can pay multiple ways too. You can pay by credit card, debit card, or you can pay by ACH bank payment. And different clients like different things. A lot of small business owners are running their businesses on credit cards because that's, you know, you've got to put in this investment to get it off the ground. A lot of them don't have that cash lying around and don't have access to a business loan, maybe. So they appreciate being able to pay by credit card and float it and, you know, deal with it when the, when the statement comes around. So give your clients multiple ways to pay, making it easy for them to pay. Like when I see an invoice show up from someone that I need to pay and it's through Wave or through QuickBooks, or through a couple of these other tools out there that make it really easy. I like that because it's just like, I know that all I have to do is click and pay. If I get something from somebody that's like a PDF with a PayPal, it's just, it sits there because I'm like, I know it takes an extra five, six, seven minutes, whatever, to go through the process and do it. And that's just five, six minutes I don't have right now. So if you want to get paid and paid on time, definitely consider using a professional invoicing tool. So now we're at the last thing. The last thing you need to get started with freelancing is time. And so you'll see as we've gone through this list, nothing costs any money so far. You know, assuming you already have a computer and internet connection. These are all free things. Biggest thing though is the time. You're going to need to devote some time to this. It will not just magically happen. You've got to put in the work. You've got to put in the time. The good news is the time pays off exponentially. If somebody had told me (laughs) years ago, hey, come over here. I got a secret for you. You know, if you will suffer for like 35 days between, you know, when I got laid off and finding my first client, if you'll put in this work, you can make almost $100,000 in your first year. I'd have been like, oh my God, sign me up. (laughs) Where is this? But I didn't know. I didn't know at the time. But the time is so important because you've just got to be honest with yourself, able to look at yourself and go like, how bad do I want this? Am I willing to put in, you know, a couple extra hours here, a couple hours on the weekend, maybe a couple hours after I come home from a job that I'm sick of, but like, it's so good to veg out to Netflix, but am I going to put in the time to actually, you know, poking around and start learning more about this freelancing thing, start figuring out where I might be able to find some clients, start figuring out what skills I might have to offer. It's up to you. It's 100% up to you. Are you going to make the time? Because I know we all get caught up in, I don't have the time right now. I don't have the time right now. You know, I say that to myself all the time for tons of different things that I'm interested in that I would love to focus on, but I keep putting off with that excuse. I don't have the time right now. Like we're never going to have the time until we make the time. And even if you were to put in, let's say, two hours a week towards your freelancing career. I don't care if you start tomorrow or I don't care if you start a year from now, but a year from now, you're going to have all of these hours built up towards it versus doing nothing at all. Okay. So I'd love for you to poke around in your schedule and think about where you can find some time to get more interested, to get just a little bit moving, a little bit turning, like wheels turning, snowball effect, like just to move on this a little bit. Before I close out this episode as well, though, I want to touch on a few things that you don't need to get started freelancing. 
And these are things, you know, when I was starting out, I looked around, I read a bunch of stuff and so many of them said like, you need to nurture your social media presence. You need to be blogging. You need to be connecting with other people. You need to have a website. And to me, I don't think you need to have any of those things. A website, you definitely don't need to have. I had one when I was starting out because coming out of the code school, I already had a domain name and they had made us make a professional website for being part of the school. So I like adapted that to my freelancing services at the beginning, but nobody was coming to my site, right? I wasn't putting in time to build a blog. I didn't have any SEO. Nobody was finding me through my site. And when I started pitching clients, they were so interested in what I could do for them that they didn't care about going to my website to check out who I was. It was like, you know, like, when can you start and how soon can you have something done, you know? So I definitely wouldn't waste time with a website. If you've got one already, by all means, use it. If you don't, don't worry about it. Because the trap of a website is like, it's never perfect if you're the one who, you know, is building it. Like you always want it to be a little bit nicer and you're like, did I say this right about myself on there? And maybe I could tweak it and that. Like, just don't worry about it. Just don't worry about having a website at all. In fact, a website can hurt you. It can present a different image than the one you're trying to present. And it can lock you into a specific set of services, which can be great. Or can be a bad thing. You know, if you are very specific in what you do, it's fantastic to have a website that specializes in that specific thing. But for many of us starting out, we're going to be figuring things out. We're going to be testing the waters. We're going to be trying different things and trying to find out where we fit in this great big world of freelancing. So if you have a website pitching yourself as a virtual assistant and after like working with a couple of clients, you realize that you definitely want to be a project manager, you got to go change your whole website. It's much easier to adapt and to change if you just don't tell anybody what you are via a website. You just actually get on the phone with people, talk to people, pitch people. And oftentimes it can be so much easier to adapt in the beginning if you just don't have a website at all. So something for you to think about. Social media as well. I don't think you need to have a huge social media presence if you're not working in social media. I think if someone came to me and said they were working in social media and they had no social media whatsoever, I'd be a little bit like, hmm. That's a little odd. But for the most part, you don't need it. And a lot of times you'll waste time trying to build a following or trying to build, you know, quote unquote credibility when you could have just been walking up, you know, virtually walking up to clients, getting your foot in the door and pitching them directly. So I don't think you should bother with social media. It's just one of those things that it could help, but you could also waste a lot of time fiddling with that versus getting straight through to what you need to be focused on, which is pitching clients. In the beginning, there's nothing more important than finding and pitching clients, finding and pitching clients. Over and over, on repeat, that's where your time and energy needs to go. And if you're anything like me, I would rather do anything than those two things. So I would spend time fiddling around with my website. I would spend time reading blogs and researching stuff that was unrelated when I should have just been going directly to the task, the thing, that I needed to be doing. People say blogging as well. You know, you need to blog. You need to get what you know out there. You need to, it, maybe, maybe, you know, I'm just one person. So definitely do not just listen to my opinion. I encourage you to go out there and find lots of other people who have found success and listen to what they say and then kind of take your own conclusions away from everything you hear from all of us. But in the beginning, when I started freelancing, I wasn't an expert at anything. And I would have just been completely consumed with imposter syndrome. If I was writing all these blog posts every day and putting, you know, these things out into the world, they call them thought leader pieces. You know, if I've just been sitting away, I couldn't have done it. It wouldn't have made sense. It would have just been like me spouting off into the internet, which was like, that wouldn't have been useful. So you can absolutely spend time blogging to build more of a presence 
But in the beginning, is that the most important thing that you need to focus on? Probably not. The most important thing is probably going out, getting your first couple of clients so that you really build up that belief in yourself and you start to say, oh my God, I can do this. People are paying me for stuff. You know, like that was the biggest boost of confidence I've ever gotten in my life. That first person who was willing to pay me for something, (laughs) you know, she didn't know me, complete stranger on a freelancing platform. She was willing to pay me and that paid off far more than having a shiny website, having a bunch of followers on social media that were not paying me, or having you know all of these blog pieces out there in the world telling people how good it was, but not having anything to back it up. So just to wrap up, those are a few things that I think you don't need. But again, 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 I cannot stress this enough. Like I just, I'm so aware of the fact that I am one person out of billions and billions. So definitely, definitely understand that this is my experience and everyone will be different. I cannot wait for you to get started, for you to go on your journey, and for us to sit down and have conversations about some of this someday in the future and understand what worked for you and what you found out along the way. If you have questions, comments, if you'd just like to say hi, please email me at hello at liveworktravel.com. You can also find me on Instagram at liveworktravelig. And I would love for you to come over and check out the online community that I'm building for freelancers. You can find that at liveworktravel.com forward slash community. Thank you so much for listening and I'll be back soon with another episode. 